Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. Okay, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. We're going to read and then we're going to pray. Philippians 4, 8 says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Did I say that already? Admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. I thank you for a group of people that are excited to hear it. I thank you, God, that we are hungering for your word. And Lord, I thank you that tonight as we kick off this series, Lord, that uh, we are going to just continue to build upon building upon building, God, and we're just going to continue to learn more about your word. And Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would speak to us. We open ourselves up to hear your voice tonight. In Jesus name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So we are kicking off a new series called Mind Games. Tonight we're going to be in the first week of Mind Games. And you know, it's really important that we, uh, we get the biblical definition of, and, and become uh, biblically aware of what God desires for us to, to think and, and, and adjust our thinking patterns according to God's Word. And, you know, all of us if that desire to walk and live for Jesus, um, one of the ways that you're going to be victorious in that is through your thought life. The Bible says that as a man thinks, so is he. And so what you think about yourself has a lot to do with how you're going to live for God. We're going to talk more about that um, as the series goes on. And uh, just to let you all know, next week, uh, my man Brady's going to be sharing the word with y'all. So you're not going to want to miss you're not going to want to miss next week. He's going to be continuing in the mind game series. And so we're excited about that. But, you know, today in today's workforce or even even really in school, especially those that are in college, everybody wants to, to gain a, a, a mental edge. You know, if you could have a sharp mind, you can be head and heels over your competition. And we do all kinds of different things. And I do all kinds of different things to try to engage my mind and try to get it a little better. We, we have apps like Lumosity where it's called Mind Games and you, you begin to go through that and it, it's supposed to make you smarter, I guess. I stopped playing. I, I don't know. If, I guess I'm de- degressing a little bit in it, in it. But we do whatever we can, uh, you know, to, to try to, to gain that edge, to, to have that sharpness mentally. We, we, we take medication or, or, or supplements or, or whatever just to, just to be sharp mentally. And I believe that, and I truly believe this, that as born again believers, we have a huge advantage over a non-believer. I believe that we have a huge advantage over a non-believer. Why? Because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16 that you have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of the creator of the universe. This isn't just a pep talk. This isn't just something that I just happened to come across. This is the biblical truth of what God says that you and I as born again believers, children of God, we have the mind of Christ. 
That should get somebody excited in here about that. I'm excited that, that I don't have to worry about my own abilities, my own skill, my own shortcomings or, or my own giftings. But I have the creator of the universe living inside of me that I have an unlimited amount of knowledge, not because of me, but because of who my Jesus is. And it's available for you. You ever had a friend come up to you? Or, or maybe those of you that are working, I bet Eric's had this experience where somebody comes into your office and, and says, hey, man, uh, I was just thinking you ever, or, or somebody knocks, call, gives you a call. Hey, hey man, uh, I was just thinking no more. Uh, no words could put greater fear in you than I was just thinking because you don't know where they're going or, or, or to step it, step it, uh, to take it a step further. Um, you know, I remember. Growing up, I was constantly getting into mischief and, and trouble. And I remember one time, um, me and one of my best friends thought it would be a great idea to prank phone call our assistant principal. And so we thought it would be even a better idea to leave a voicemail on his answering machine, and uh, which is also known as proof. Yeah, yeah. And so we thought it'd be really fun to you know, to, to, you know, leave him this prank phone call. And well, the prank phone call got blown out of proportion and, uh, and he didn't know who it was and he took it as a death threat towards his wife. And, uh, so it really, it really got out of hand quickly. And so we, we had this big thing and we got suspended from school and, and, and we had everybody, everybody, uh, that needed to be in there was in there. My parents were there. And I remember getting back to my house and like, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm in so much trouble. You ever do something, ever have done something where you're like, I'm, I'm dead. Like, look, no, like, no, literally, I'm going to die. Like, my parents aren't gonna, like, hey, this time we're not gonna use the belt. Uh, I'm actually gonna use my shotgun. I'm literally, <laughs> going to kill you. That's what I thought was coming. And so I remember sitting down and and walking down the hallway and my dad just standing there epically at the end of the hallway. And as you, you know, I'm rounding the corner and I just see him and I'm like, oh my God. And he, and he looked at me and he said, son, what were you thinking? And the classic answer that you would give is what? I don't know. I, I wasn't. I, I just thought it, it would be it would be funny. I remember hearing my dad or both of my parents use that term a lot. Son, what were you thinking? And and a lot of times I I, I don't know. You, you ever no greater fear can a man place inside of a child than son or daughter. What were you thinking? You, have you had that before tonight? I want to talk to you. The title of tonight's message is what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Because the Bible says that as a man or a woman thinks, so is he. Let me ask you something. Do you think about what you're thinking? You ever stop and and do that? You ever monitor your your thought life? I was telling Brady about that last week and and, in preparing this message and getting ready for this 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 series. I I begin to to monitor. I've been begin to think about what I'm thinking and and it's kind of horrifying. You you know what I'm talking like, like, man, 
I'm, I'm a terrible person. You know, as you start to monitor what, what you're thinking. And now, now, thankfully, no one knows what you're thinking, which is which is great. You know, I'm so glad that there's not a TV monitor that's hooked that on my shoulder sometimes, especially if somebody says something I'm not particularly fond of that that that, that thing can get kind of nasty sometimes if you hey, hey, I'm just being open. I'm just being 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 real. But I began and I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to talk about it at the end. But I want to challenge you to think about what you're thinking, to manage your thought life, to be intentional, because the truth is none of us manage our thought lives until we get intentional with it, until you begin to say today, I'm going to begin to filter a little bit. I'm going to begin to think about what I'm thinking, because the truth is, is that sin can happen a lot up here. It doesn't always have to happen here or with your feet or your outward actions. It happens, I think, more up here. Because people, the person you're sitting next to really doesn't care too much about what you're thinking about. Maybe they do, but probably they don't. But I know that there's a guy in heaven, his name is Jesus, that cares a lot about what you're thinking. Because the Bible says that as... We're going to learn this scripture a lot over this. As a person thinks, as a person thinks, so is he. You'll get better at it as, as we as we go along. You ever heard of meditation? You ever heard of, of meditation? Yeah, uh, the, it, it's kind of become um, construed a little bit with Eastern thinking and people sitting on mats and that's yeah I guess technically that could be considered meditation that's not what I'm talking about tonight Uh, the Bible talks a lot about meditation and the truth is is that all of us meditate all of us meditate in fact all of humanity meditates but not all of us meditate on God's word and we're going to talk about how to meditate on God's word and listen if you apply uh, these this this teaching tonight and, and coming forward, it's really going to help you a lot, maybe more than anything that we've ever preached. And I know that that's a strong statement, but the truth is, if that if you can win the battle of the mind, you, you're going to have a really victorious life. And, you know, when the Bible talks about meditation, it, it's it, it's kind of similar to, you know, how a, a cow's digestive system works. Uh, yeah, that's a weird thing to talk about in church, but 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 a cow will will eat some grass, swallow it, throw it up, chew it on it a little bit, swallow it, throw it up, chew on it a little bit. Pretty gross, right? But I have your attention; it worked. That's what we should do with God's word. That's this setting right here is of no value to you. I'm literally wasting my breath if you never think about what I'm preaching or, or what Pastor Todd is preaching on Sundays. It's really, truly of you're really wasting your time coming if you don't ever apply it or think about it or that's what even, you know, we have like reading plans and stuff like that. We talk a lot about reading the Bible. It's really of no value to you if you don't think about it. 
If you just have a check mark and I got in my four chapters, you're wasting your time. The purpose of reading God's word is so you can meditate on it. You can you chew it a little bit. You put it away and then a circumstance comes in life and you pull it back up. You get some more nutrients out of it, put it away, put it back up. That's how God's word is designed for us to live. That we're constantly thinking about it. And this is, has challenged me of, I need to always be loaded with the scripture. I need to always be thinking of a scripture. And it's challenged me to get back to memorizing God's word more. And, and thinking about it and walking as, as I go instead of, man, I sure hope that the saints have a good year this year and, I, and, and begin to worry about I think Mickey Loomis is insane and and, and, and just going I, it'd be, I would be better off thinking about God's word. Not, not, I'm still going to think about the saints, but but mixing in God's word where I'm meditating on it, I'm I'm thinking about it. And so I want to talk to you the rest of the time that we have about three things every believer should meditate on. Three things that every believer should meditate on. Number one, meditate on God's solutions for your problems. Number one, meditate on God's solutions for your problems. Meditate on what I just said as I have a sip of water. Number one, meditate on God's solutions for your problems. A lot of us, look, I don't want to lose you right here, but think about this. A lot of us meditate on our problems. That's what we think. Like, man, uh, senior year is coming to an end. I mean, it's just a few months away. What am I going to do? I don't have, you know, you get asked about, 4,893 times a day of what are you going to do after high school? And everybody's asking you that. And I even try not to ask you that. It's not that I don't care. It's just that I know you get asked it all the time. And if I were you, I wouldn't want to be asked it anymore. Anyway, side note. But we think about our problems so much. And whenever you, you, you get a job and you have a horrible uh, curse of the enemy called bills, Oh, you think about it. You you know, and a lot of us, it's at the end of the month. You, oh, I hope I have enough. <laughs> you, you know, you just cross it like, hey, we paid the bills this month again. <laughs> Get to keep the lights on, honey. I love you. It's the kind of provider I am. You tighten your belt a little bit and get a little excited. But we think about our problems all the time. You, if you got a car. You got a car that, that that's running poorly. You think this thing is going to conk out on me any moment. We think about it. We think about it. We think about it. But we never think a lot of times about that God's got it. God has you. He's got you in the palm of your hand. And instead of thinking about the problem, start to think about God's solutions for your problems. And they're found in God's word. They really are. They're found in God's word. You know, the enemy will typically attack you through your mind more times than not. Think about this. Whenever the very first sin happened here on earth, how did the enemy go towards Eve? He said, did God really say he got her to start to think 
about is did did God really say he began to attack her in the mind? Think about whenever Jesus was in the wilderness and, and walking, and, you know, the Satan was tempting him. He would come back and, and was twisting scripture and was trying to get Jesus to contemplate forfeiting his call, forfeiting what he was called to do. But Jesus always came back with the scripture, you know. I brought this ginormous Bible in here tonight just to let you know that the enemy does not care about the size of your Bible. I, I know you know that, but he, he, he really he doesn't care about any Bible, to be honest with you. In the same way, no criminal cares about an unloaded gun. Some of you, it's going to it's going to pop in just a second. So the enemy doesn't care about this book itself, the paper itself, just as much as a criminal doesn't care about an unloaded gun. Because it's of no value to you, the gun itself, if you're trying to defend you, if it doesn't have any bullets. And you can have a Bible. We all have like a thousand Bibles on our coffee table stacked up. You can't even see people because it's just a mountain of Bibles. And the enemy doesn't care about the Bible. You, you know, you've seen, you've seen those, um, like exorcist movies where they, they, they put the Bible on the, on the person. That doesn't matter. What it matters is do you know how to apply it? Do you know how to quote it? It's just like that unloaded gun. The enemy doesn't care about that. But if it's loaded and he sees you cock it, then he cares. It's the same way whenever you're meditating on Scripture, you have your spiritual gun loaded that any time the enemy... Come on, I'm preaching way better than some of you are responding tonight. That the enemy is not afraid of an unloaded gun. But whenever you have the Scripture loaded up in your spirit, ready to respond, whatever temptation you're struggling with, you've got a Scripture to come back as you monitor your thoughts as you go through you'll begin to notice a reoccurring temptation and that is not for you to get condemned all of us have something like that the enemy will bring it but then you have a loaded scripture ready to combat that you know i think of that scripture that says in second corinthians chapter 10 verse 5 we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Any of you have one of those uh, uh, pictures where it's like a Brita filter? You know, you, you, you pour it in and, it, and it, it, it filters unclean water. We, we used to have one. You know, I pictured that as taking every thought captive just... Like that, every thought that you have must be or should be filtered through the cross. And every thought that you have, you have a choice to either meditate on it or cast it down. Take it captive. Because the originating of the thought is not necessarily sin. It could be the enemy tempting you. It could be your own you know, lustful desires or, or, or whatnot. But what you do with that thought is what makes it right or wrong. You ever heard of premeditated murder? Yeah, it's where a person begins to plan it out. You, you know, we, you hear, especially in church cir- circles, uh, you know, 
of where hey, I need to pray for so and so, aka let's go have a bashing gossip session about so and so. Like, hey, how's so and so doing? Oh, they're backslidden. Like, oh, oh man, what, what happened? Well, they fell. They just they fell. Well, well, they they didn't just fall. At some point, they were thinking about this. Like, like you know, you know, every, whenever you say fall, everybody immediately thinks adultery. That's what, like, just the first he fell into adultery. Well, that doesn't just happen. You, 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 at some point, his thought life went rogue. At some point, his thought life, he made it, he or she started to make a decision that I'm not taking every thought captive, or, or, or really, this is actually really. More like it, what it happens is I don't feel like taking every thought captive because the truth is, is it can be exhausting. It takes it takes work to actually wake up and, and say, um, you know what, I'm going to think about what I'm thinking. I'm going to I'm going to think about what I'm thinking today. But all of us want to live a life that is pleasing to God. And the only way that happens is through our thought life being in obedience to Christ. Anybody old enough to remember those those bracelets? Christian bookstore. What would Jesus do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're still around. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're great. It's 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 a it's a good thing. I've used it. I've used them before. I've done it another way, you know, for those of you that are married, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes as husbands, we just kind of act like we just like, oh, yeah, I have a wife. And, and so I, at one point I would write like, what would Kia think about this? Like, like, because sometimes I'm like, you're like, hey, can you come over after this? Yeah, y'all all come over. Let, let's just have people like, oh, hey, um, like. 30,000 guys are going to come. We're going to like screen it, like have screens in the backyard because not everybody can fit in the house. Like, what, what, what are you, what are you doing? It's thinking about another person. And so as we think about our lives, we got to filter. Is this, what, what would Jesus think about this thought and submit it to the obedience of Christ? All right. I just beat that point to death. Number two, meditate on God's will. For your life, meditate on God's will for your life. Psalms one verse chapter one, verse one says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but he delights in the law of the Lord and on on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in good season. Its leaves do not wither. In all he does, he prospers. God's will for your life is for you to be planted in his will. God's will for you is for you to be planted in his will. And I think about this is, you know, a lot of times you hear people just throw out the God said a lot. And, and it's kind of like, man, that's kind of a big deal. The creator of the universe said, you know, but some people it becomes like not a big deal to just say God said. And and, and a lot, I see it kind of a lot in ministry is, yeah, God said to go here. And then like six months later, God says to go there. And then like four months later, God says to go there. And, and it's like, I don't somewhere. 
it wasn't God said, it was you said, and I was tired of submitting or, 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 or something, something like that. God wants you to be planted in his will, because the reason is, is it's it takes it's hard to get unplanted. It's painful to get unplanted. And so we are planted even whenever things come along that you don't like and and and, and trials and all that stuff. You're planted in God's will. And the way for you to stay in God's will is for you to meditate on God's will. Think about it on a regular basis. Am I in the will of God? There, there's there's uh, I mean, I could preach a whole message on the will of God, but but you know what I'm talking about, you, you, where God wants you currently in this season. Obviously, he wants you to be away from sin and to have your thoughts lining up with what he desires it to do. But you're planted, you're unwavering of I'm in the will of God. Meditate on God's will. Number three, meditate on the person God wants you to become. Meditate on the person God wants you to become. So number one, number one, meditate on God's solutions for your problems. Number two, meditate on God's will for your life. Number three, meditate on the person God wants you to become. Look at this scripture in Philippians 1 6. It says, I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. I'm bringing it to a close. Don't check out on me at this point. It's important. Meditate on the person that God wants you to become. All of you know that cliche saying that your grandparents say is, well, I'm not where I used to be, but you know, I'm, how does it go? I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. You know, like talking about like I still got a lot of room to grow. And, and the truth is that that's where all of us are. Um, you know, we you call a lot of people call your Christian Christian. It's a walk with God because it's really it's not a destination that you ever arrive at. It, you never become just a good Christian and God desires for you to become more like him. I, I realized a long time ago that whenever God finishes working on something on the inside of me, he's not done like there's that's just one. I used to view my Christian walk like that, of like, like, all right, God, I'm submitted to authority, pretty much got this, no rebellion in me, and I'm super humble. So, you know, I, you know, but but I, and then God would deal like, hey, but but you got this. And it would kind of crush me a little bit because I'd be like, man, I thought that I was perfect. And, and then and then I, before I was married, like I was pretty sure that I was really close to perfect few little minor things. And then I'm like, oh, am I saved? Like, I'm so not perfect. And, and, and so you, you begin to see that. But then I felt like God released me and saying, look, you'll never really be perfect. It, it's just not going to happen until you get to heaven. You strive for it. Not in a not in a works mentality, but in a way that, God, I want to become more like you. And all that takes is you're just open to God saying, God, 
what, what is, give me a picture. Who do you want me to become like? Another way to think, think of it is, is God, what do you want to take out of my life? Going back to meditation, going back to your thought life, begin to think about the things that are not pleasing to God that are in your life. You're like, okay, God, you want this to be removed. And so the cool thing, this is really, really cool. And in psychology, some of you learn this, that that whenever you're trying to change a behavioral pattern, you can't just change it without replacing it with something. You always have to replace it with something like like, you know, like people that are trying to quit smoking cigarettes. A lot of them will chew gum. Well, they technically didn't quit smoking. They still have nicotine going through their system. They just replaced it with something else. But in our life, applied to this book, everything that God wants to take out of you, He gives you a solution for. Everything that, that God says, hey, I want this out of your life, He doesn't just say, and make that happen. He gives you an opportunity of take this out, put this in. Take this out, put this in. Get rid of all this anxiousness, put in my peace. Everything that you have that that is not even necessarily sin, but is keeping you back from the destiny that God has for you. You ask God, God, what do you want to take out of me and what do you want to put inside of me? Just like the the scripture that we started with in Philippians 4, 8 says one final thing, fix your thoughts on and then it lists all these things, what is true Honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think on these things. It doesn't just say, which is really cool if you catch this. It doesn't just say, hey, get your thought life right, idiot. It doesn't say that, which is what some of us would say. It says, hey, think on these things. It's like when you're at a restaurant, they... They offer you the good stuff like the brownie for dessert or whatever. But we also have this like they'll give you a healthier alternative. I always take the non-healthy alternative. I should take the healthier alternative. But it's the same way with God. It's like, look, this is destructive to you. But here's another alternative. Don't think upon these. Think upon this. So in wrapping up tonight. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you for this next week. I want all of you to take this challenge. Like I don't want 75% or 50%. I want all of you to take this challenge. I'm with you. I'm in this challenge. I started like three weeks ago. So I'm ahead of you in this challenge. No, just kidding. But I want you to take this challenge to think about what you're thinking. I want you to take the challenge of taking every thought captive to begin to monitor, to wake up intentionally of today. I'm going to think about my thought life. Let's stand together and close in prayer. My prayer for you tonight It's for you to accept this challenge. No matter who you are, leader, worship team, anybody. That for at least the next week, I'm going to think about what I'm thinking. 
I'm going to monitor my thought life. I'm going to apply the scripture that says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I'm going to picture my thought life having a cross on the side of my head that must be filtered through the cross. I'm telling you, if you do this, a lot of you are going to have some major, major breakthroughs in your lives. There's going to be some things that you've been praying about for a long time that you've just been praying about and praying about and praying about. And and God wants you to not just only pray about it, but He wants you to apply His Word by taking those thoughts, taking those temptations captive. That I'm not going to just allow these thoughts to beat me up day after day. You know, you have authority over your thought life. You have a choice. You have a free will that God placed inside of you. Father, I pray over every single person in here tonight. Every person hearing my voice. Lord, I pray tonight that every single person would accept this challenge. To monitor, to think about what they're thinking. To think about the thoughts that go inside of us. Because Father, we know that Your Word says that as a person thinks, so is they. God, I thank You, Lord, that You're touching our lives changing our hearts to conform to your word tonight, Lord. Thank you, God, for just teaching us your word. Thank you, Lord, for moving in us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram.